Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, and with me tonight, I have Leslie Lee. Hi, Tracy. Hey, Les, what's going on? I am actually in my car making my trek back to Maryland. I was in Jersey for the weekend. So if you Talk hear about some noises, yes. Yeah. If you hear noises and loud trucks, it's me. I'm in the car. Okay. All right. Well, you know, this is uh, love talk for everyday people, and everyday people do drive to and fro. So let's just get right to it. So what are you doing in Jersey? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> well, the politically correct answer is that I went to a conference. But I okay. lied to my job. Oh, I don't know who listens. But it's still my time, my dime. I did take care of my other business that I said that I had to take care of. But anyway, anywho, I went to a conference to listen to Dr. Joy DeGruy. And for Love anybody her. who doesn't know who she, yes, for, for anybody who does not know who she is, she has a Facebook page. And you can go to her website, Dr. Joy DeGruy, V-E-G-R-U-Y. She is a phenomenal, amazing woman. She is a social worker by by trade. She has her uh-huh. PhD and a few other letters behind her name. But basically, <laughs> she has the heart of black people. She has the heart of black people because we have been in this country by no choice of our own, and we have been living under this post-traumatic slave syndrome since the beginning of time, since the beginning of our existence on this country, in this Mm -hmm. country. And she has done the work to talk about exactly what that means, how it shows up, who does it affect, how we're still living with the pain of our past. And she has done the work. Her, For her, everything is data-driven. So it's not a feeling from her heart. It's data that she has compiled and she has done the work to show. So she's put that, that, that doctoral degree that she has to work. She put that doctoral degree to work because you have to be able yes. to write and put data and do sampling and put, you know, a thesis paper together. So it's not just a feeling. This is real. It's real. I mean, think about when in modern day times today, if there's a school shooting, one of the first things that they do is that they gather up a team of psychologists and psychiatrists because we have to make sure that these young people don't get traumatized by this situation. Right. When we were enslaved, there was no group of psychologists and psychiatrists to make sure that we as a people were not traumatized by the things that happened to us from chattel slavery. We just got more trauma added on right. top of the trauma, right. added on mm-hmm. top of the trauma. And, and, and as of today, we are the byproduct of all the trauma that has been heaped up on us as a black community and still continues to get heaped up on us as a black community just because people don't like the way we show up in this world. 
Yeah, it's deep. It's it's very deep. I mean, I I read a lot of what she's written on this um, post traumatic syndrome, and this so it, it's so real. It is just so real when you really sit back and you examine what black people go through. It's like textbook, you know. It's textbook what is being said. So, I'm glad you were able to go. I'm glad you were. Um, you got something from that. Um, you said she does the work. I just want. Did she elaborate on what work she does? And you didn't mean the the work as far as as um, getting the details about this. But she did the work to recover. Is that what you meant? No, she's done the work to give us data. To show okay. what we think, what we what we suffered, and she has done things that we as people don't even know that that we benefit from her work. For instance, I'll give you an example. In mm-hmm. Central Park, there was a there was a statue of some doctor. I don't even know his name. I couldn't even tell you. And that that statue existed for many, many, many decades. Right? Nobody. Mm-hmm decided to do the work to figure out who is this doctor. Why is he being recognized with a statue? Well, he's done some great things in terms of science and and, and the female body and gynecological care and all this stuff, but do you know who he experimented on? Let me guess. Black slave women. Black, black slave black, women. Black yeah. slave women. Right? So now this this statue exists in Central Park, and, and I'm sure that people who didn't even know any better, like, they, oh, let me take a picture in front of this statue. Don't even know who this man is. Right, right, but right. after you do the research and find out who he really is and how he got his claim to fame, we as a people should be insulted because I'm sure that when they were doing things to black women, I'm sure there wasn't any sterilization involved. I'm sure there was no anesthesia involved. Now, just imagine what he was doing. Right. Right, right. Because and I'm sure there was no one there to hold their hand and make them feel comfortable during whatever experiments they were in. You know, it's probably oh, there. And, every, and one of the, the major things that I got from what she wrote about is that there's a cognitive dissonance that goes on for for a certain group of people so that they can disassociate themselves from doing what is bad and feeling comfortable with it. And when I say cognitive dissonance, would they, if you have to call somebody three-fifths of a person, you don't consider them a human being. So if you beat them within an inch of their life and take all their skin off their back, well, they're less than human. So right. that's how so that's you can reason with, doing, right, reason with doing the things that you've done. If you could take this child away from its mother in an empathy state, and the mother's crying and screaming, but you've decided. I mean, we've had people that spoke in literature back in the day. President Thomas Jefferson, black people don't have feelings. You have to say that so that you can separate yourself when you saw the emotion and the trauma that took place when when this slave woman's child is being ripped away from them. Right. And that is cognitive cognitive dissonance. You have to be able to separate yourself from what is right so that you can do this thing in all good consciousness, so that you can beat somebody, so that you can castrate somebody, so that you can rip their children away, just like what we're seeing today with the the, the migrant workers. 
Yeah. You got people yeah, that, that are weak, they're rationalizing it. They're, they're rationalizing it. I've heard somebody say, well, you know, it's it's not like they're doing it to our kids. You know, it's not like they're doing it to somebody from Oregon or you know, our kids. What the hell are you saying? Right. It doesn't matter where the kids are from. The kids are innocent in all of this. This is what, what, what tears my heart apart is that these children don't make these choices. These children don't have any other choice. These children are just there because their parents said, you're coming with me. They didn't choose to be here. So it doesn't matter whose child, whether they're from Oregon or Guatemala or Michigan or El Salvador, it doesn't matter. You know, the children should not be harmed, period. And if you think there's no harm in snatching a child from the only people that they know and putting them in a room with a bunch of other people that they don't know, there's harm. And and you can never measure the amount of harm that goes into those kind of acts. You can't measure that stuff. But see, that's see what the I'm saying. The point of that, yeah. the the point of that is, in order for you to be okay with it, and I'm more mad at the people that can justify you, because they decided that their parents did something wrong. They broke the law. We're gonna take your kids, or these are not our kids. So if something happens, it can't be as bad because these are not our kids. It's those people that can rationalize this whole action and make sense out of it. They have to make sense out of it so they can be okay with it. Yeah, but, and, and like you said, that, that's where the anger goes. The anger goes with the people who are at being trying to be rational. Clearly, the rational people didn't win because he did sign an order to overturn it. But in all of that signing of the order and stripping the kids, you've created chaos. So that's not going to be a swift process. You know, it's not going to be a swift process. But I get what you're saying in relationship to the conference, is that you have to be okay with these things and you have to you know, feel what they're telling you to feel so you can make it through while you're watching the people hurt for the things that you're doing to them. You know, you have to be okay. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. well, I'm not okay with it. I'm not all right with it. No, people are convincing themselves, right I'm saying. I'm not saying that you and I have to be okay with it. I'm saying the people that are rationalizing and saying, oh, yes, that's, this is why, because this is this and that's why, and they deserve this, or it's not our children. Those people have to be okay with their rationale so they can be okay with what goes on and, I mean, and carry like on. This, it's like what we see on a daily basis when an unarmed black person is gunned down, choked out, or whatever in their mind, in order to be okay with watching this on a regular basis, they have decided that that person had to have done something wrong to deserve that treatment. Right. That's the only way you can watch that and be okay with it. And be okay. Yeah, it's it's deserving. Well, let's shift gears for a moment. (laughs) I've heard it. I've heard it a hundred times. I've heard it a hundred times. So I, I know how that works. It must be because you didn't stand up straight, or it must be because your pants were hanging down, or it must be, you know, all these things that it must be, it it is never for sure, and it's never something that is, like, against the law. I've heard people say, well, it's because you answered back. It's not against the law to answer back, you know. You're allowed to talk. Right. Anyway, let's change gears and and move on to a less um, intense topic, I guess. (laughs) That was that one's intense. That's very intense. Maybe less political, I should say. No. So you're talking about what I'm talking about is just as 
I said, if you can make talk about what I'm thinking, it's just as intense for me. But go ahead. It is, and it is political, but, you know, you can't get around it, so we'll just bring another topic in. Um, Serena Williams is who we want to talk about today. So you, you, you shed light, because I know you have more passion on this topic than I. Not that I'm not passionate, but I know your passion is, like, probably magnified by 80 towards mine. So go. Okay. A couple of weeks ago... Serena Williams was interviewed by a reporter. Now, I don't know the whole story because I didn't read the article. I read someone's take on what happened in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so this reporter decided that this was the moment that they, he had to ask her this question. Something it was, that was burning in him. <clears throat> and something that was burning in him. From the minute he had her attention, I had to ask this question. Many years ago, the person that's occupying the White House had made a comment that another white player is just so attractive, she's gorgeous, she's this, she's that. And this reporter had made the comment, Serena Williams, how do you feel that Donald Trump or people don't believe that you're as beautiful as this other white player. And I can't even remember what her name is. I don't want to call names because I don't want to get it wrong. The whole idea was that this man waits until he gets in front of the greatest of all time to ask her that dumbass question how she feels, and does she think that her beauty measures up to some other white player? What the fuck was he thinking? It doesn't matter to me whether it was a Caucasian player or a black player. I mean, why are you – we're here for tennis. We're not here on the runway. We're not here as supermodels. We are here for tennis. So the only thing that you should be interviewing me about is my ability to kick everybody's butt on the court that I play against. That's that's what you should be asking me about. And not about whether I think uh, Maria Novotelo, I don't remember what her last name is, but it was Maria, whether she was um, more beautiful than I was and did her beauty intimidate me. I mean, that is just ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I can't, and he waited 14 years for this, by the way. Because the conversation that he had, it was in 2004 after the Wimbledon match. And, 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 and then he had a little spiff talk with, with Crazy Man. And he, it, you know, said, oh, she's just alluring. She's beautiful. Her shoulders are so fantastic. So this reporter, Bill, waited 14 years to get his opportunity to interview um, Serena and now insult her with this. It's just nonsense. I just can't understand where that comes from. It comes from a place of he's standing in front of the greatest of all time, but he's going to figure out a way to reduce her if he could. And she gave the appropriate response. And I don't even know what she said, but it was something to the effect like, I don't even know what she talked about. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what she said. All he was trying to do was, in some kind of way, reduce her. Because that's what it always boils down to. You can be the greatest of all time, but if we don't like you for whatever reason, 
We're going to find out something that's wrong with you, and we're going to take it to a personal level. We're taking it personal. And it was disgusting. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was. But, you know, if he was any kind of a uh, of interviewer, he would have seen that Serena was never intimidated. Her name was Maria Shavapova. He was never, and she was never intimidated by her um, because she beat her every time that she played her. You know, but it wasn't. So it wasn't know. about Serena. And that moment for him, it wasn't about Serena. It was about trying to embarrass her. It wasn't about what she was feeling, what she was looking like. He could give a damn. He was trying to reduce her. Yeah. He was trying to yeah. put her in, in in a place. He was trying to put her in some place. Which is crazy. It's just I I just don't understand. This this is happening in this day and age. That's what's just driving me nuts, you know? Oh, so what you're saying is I'm not really pretty enough to play tennis and therefore I should be intimidated by anybody else who Bill perceives, because there's a lot of people I know that believe Serena is bad, and I think she is bad. She is a beautiful black woman. So I don't even know but what... You, the thing about it is, like Dr. Joy said this weekend, as a uh-huh. people, we need to stop being shocked about something. What do you expect? That's, that's who white people are. That's who they are. They never think about us as human beings or think about us as empathetic in an empathetic way, like I can be like her. Or they they never look at us like that. Right. And I'm we're not going to go as far never, as you did and say, you know, white people on a whole, because there is a select group. You know, it's not it's not the whole race. And I would not want anybody to categorize me as the whole race is this way. So. That's that's my personal opinion. The evidence shows that there is a lot of racism out there, and no, no, not none of us can be categorized as a whole race. But the evidence shows that racism is still alive and well, and we as black people need to make sure that we know who we are, how we originated, and be proud of that, because people are are designed to tear us down just because of that. Right. Just because right. of that. Yeah, I see it. I definitely see it on some levels in my life. I do see it. And like you say, I know who I am. I know where I come from. So I am able to rise above that nonsense. I am able to rise above it. I'm, listen, I'm not above cussing your ass out. Don't come to me crazy. I'm not above that. <laughs> I'm above I'm walking above. away. There's some things I am not going to take on. I'm just not going to take it on. If you're insulting me and it, it looks like it's going to become combative and we're going back and forth, I'm going to move on. I'm not taking you on. I'm not standing there having this argument with you because I'm just not. It's 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 a useless dialogue. Absolutely useless. Because it's never going to get to a place where we can see eye to eye. So it's just going to explode. So, But I hear you. If that's how you got to get down, that's how you do it. You know, everybody has to do what's good for them, right? I'm not looking for the confrontation. I'm not confrontational. But you're not. What you're not going to do is try to reduce me to something so that you can feel good about yourself. That's what you're not going to do. I know enough. I have enough vocabulary to verbalize that. 
Right. But I've never felt comfortable. I've never felt comfortable with the things that happen and continuously happen. And as my people, that we're shocked about it. To make a statement like in this day and age, in this day and age, what's changed? Nothing's changed. The only difference well, is some, some things of, have changed. Some things have changed. It felt like it was getting better. Go ahead. When I say nothing has changed, mentality of some people have never changed. The difference is is that now we get to see it because technology has changed. So I get to see the racism. I get to hear it in, in, in the speed of light. I get to know that mm-hmm. this reporter was was so mean and hateful to this woman who has achieved more than most. That spirit of racism still exists. It's still ugly. It's still hateful. And no, I'm not categorizing a whole group of people to say that only white people behave like that. We're racist to ourselves, to one another. When I still got to have a conversation with somebody about their hair, are you serious right now? Yeah. Yeah. I I I have to agree with that. I see it all the time. We judge one another. We pick at one another. You know, it's never easy to just pass a compliment and be happy with that. It's always something, you know. Or it's never easy for some people to just accept. You're uncomfortable with me, so therefore you're gonna try to make me over. Really? (laughs) Right. Right. All right, that's what happens. They try to make you over. Oh, you don't have this and you don't have that. Well, you know, there's a whole big controversy over body image to begin with. You know, black women have suffered on many, 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 many levels of body image, you know, because people seem to think that our body is is not made for anything but one thing. And and, and that's all people see. But, you know, it's just crazy. It's crazy. I'm done. If you ever, if anyone ever gets the opportunity to hear Dr. Joy DeGruy, it is worth the time and effort to go hear her. I'm just, I'm just saying. I am just so honored and blessed that I had a weekend of all weekends. It was amazing. And she talked about things in such real terms. And it helps you to understand who you are in a sense, like how we as as people, and I'm talking about black people because we go through this world, we move through this world differently in some cases, how we Mm -hmm. come from a history and an ancestry of storytelling. We tell stories. That's how we learn. That's how we get things, our point across. So it it helped me to understand, like, oh, that's why I like to tell a story about everything. Because it's my point of reference. I'm always telling right, right. a story based on my my point of reference because I have no other no other information. What I live by, what I know, it comes out in a story. That's how that's how in Africa. I'm sorry, I don't know if my GPS is talking. No, we can't hear your GPS. We can't hear your GPS. Just you. Oh, good. Uh huh. Okay. That's how I get my point across. I tell a story. Right. And it's refreshing to know that that was baked in the cake. That's who I am. There's nothing wrong right. with it. Exactly. Exactly. People will have you to think that there's something wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with us. 
I just wish I knew how to fix all of this or if it could be fixed, you know. That's what I you, wish. You I wish can. I could fix it so that people would just love one another more and not be so mean and hateful. You know, there's got to be a way out of this. We, we can't. Is this the only way there is? We have to continue on the same path because our ancestors started this. We have to continue on this path for the rest of our, 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 our time here on Earth as humans. That's. That's scary. That's very scary. It's nothing that we as individuals can fix for the whole group. What we can do is start with us, start with our inner circle, start with the relationships that we make. And I met some wonderful sisters this weekend that I am so excited and and, and not just on a, a, a level where I have a new friend. Somebody that can take me to another level. Somebody that right. knows more than I know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how it. That's how it has to start. And then once you get yourself to a, a place where you're healing, then you go out and heal others. So maybe it's not going to be something that we will see in a uh, a um, a mass transformation, but it starts. Right, right. With the healing starts with the healing starts with me. If I'm not healed, if I'm not showing up in the world the best Leslie that I can be, then I can't help anybody else around me. Right. It's true. It's true. There is a healing that has to happen with each of us. And it's not just within our race. It's within every race that there's a healing that must go on and start to reprogram what you've been taught to believe and think. You know, that, that reprogramming has to happen. It has to happen. No matter what work we as a black people do to to fix and, and feel better, if if everyone's not working for the same goal, then I think we may just be stuck here for for the rest of our time here well, on Earth. And that's- I mean, it, the the thing is, is that I can't I can't make anyone have empathy for me or my 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 situation or my race of people, and so. When it comes down to other groups, in terms of the privilege that they have and they exude, if they're not going to step outside of that privilege and speak up, because the onus is not on me all the time. It's not on my race all the time. Sometimes the onus is on that person that's sitting back in their privilege, and they know that there's something wrong, and you don't speak up. And you don't speak up. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Very true. What other you know, this is me. I this has been me since day one. I don't know. It's baked in a cake, like I said. I don't. I don't know where it comes Listen, from. Listen, you have to be who you are, girl. Don't ever make excuses or apologize for being who you are. Do it. It's, it's, it's maybe this that. is just what this time is for. Were there any other jewels? Let's go back to Doctor Joy. Any other jewels that she dropped? It was a whole weekend of nuggets, jewels, diamonds. It was a whole weekend from. The minute that she started on Friday, the minute she started, and she had us with, she asked us the question about how many continents are there. Uh-huh. We all know there's seven. What makes a uh-huh. continent? Mm-hmm. A large body of land surrounded by water, right? That's a continent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Europe is not a continent. 
people decided that they needed to be a continent, like, oh, well, everybody else is a continent. Europe is not a large body of land surrounded by water. It's connected. But because they want to make sure that they have their place, their footing, when you're writing the history books, when you get to make those decisions, you get to become a continent, and you're really not. And that's where things start. It starts with who gets to tell the story, who gets to repeat their truth over and over and over again and discount yours. I never even thought about what you just said, so um, Europe not being a continent. So you know now I have to see and Europe on I do. I have to go see Go look it at Europe now. on the map. Go look at it. It's connected. It's connected to... Um, and I'm not a geography person. What is that? Um, Asia? Continent. It's not a large body of land surrounded by water. It's connected. The large body of land collects connected to another continent. <laughs> oh my goodness. And if you get if you get to tell the story, you get to tell everybody if you get to tell the story, you get to tell everybody you're a continent. That's how it works. Right, right. That's exactly okay. how it works. And that's where the fallacies and the lies start. If nobody ever told you that you came from kings and queens and you invented things and you were smart and you were brilliant and you don't know that because it's not in any history book that you ever read, how do you know that? You don't. You don't know it. And that's what happens to us as a people. We don't even know how to be proud because we don't know what we're proud of. As a people. But if you know that your ancestors discovered the seven seas, they discovered land, they discovered land that was already here and people were dwelling on it, you get to think you're great. You're great. Because you get to tell the story how great you are. I just want you to know that um Europe is not a continent. <laughs> the dictionary thinks it is. <laughs> of course it does. Who wrote the dictionary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay? I'm we're we're on the same side, okay? We're on the same side. The dictionary thinks that Europe is a continent. Who wrote because the dictionary? dictionary right. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Look at the definition of the word black and the definition of the word white. I mean, that, we know that from the Malcolm X movie. Right, right, right. Everything associated with black is bad, and everything associated with white is good. If you get to tell the story, you get to write the definitions. Which is not true. You know, no. that's definitely not true. Yeah, a very dark. Here's the definition of black. Okay. Not true, but when you had to... Here's a definition of black, a very dark color owning to the absence <laughs> of a complete exhaustion of light, you know, dark, no light. Opposite of white. <laughs> That's what's in the dictionary. Of any human group having dark skin, especially of African or African ancestry. I want to see what it says about white now. Does white talk about people in the dictionary or is it just simply a color? The color of milk or fresh snow due to the reflection of the most wavelength of visible light, the opposite of black, 
belonging to or denoting a human group having light-colored skin, chiefly used of peoples from European extraction. Okay. All right. And that's dependent on which dictionary you go to and who wrote it. Yeah, I'm sure it will get, uh, this is Webster's, Miriam Webster's, so this will be, I'm sure it's different from, from dictionary to dictionary. Very interesting. I guess we need work to do on our history, don't we? We need work, and we need to start doing some more work and trying to get healed from uh, PTSS. That's the deal, yep. trying to get healed from that. And where does the healing come from? I guess doing what you did, being conscious about it and knowing that this issue exists, that we there is a, something called PTSS. It's real, and it, it, yeah. it's so, it's ingrained that we were born with, and how the transference of stress happens in your, in, in, in your, your what is it, uh, while you're pregnant. I can't think of Oh, that. yeah. Um, yeah. And and the transfer of stress happens as early as that. Your point of yeah, I, you, you know when you're pregnant, if you don't take care and do what you're supposed to do, you're all messed up. The baby comes out all crazy. But the thing, the thing about it, like Dr. Joy said, is our ancestors and our, our mothers and aunts, they've told us that for years, for centuries. They knew that. They knew that. The medical community is keep is, is catching up to a lot of stuff that our ancestors already knew. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. This has been interesting. Very, very interesting. And you're absolutely right, okay? No, Anybody I finally I finally got to the map, okay? I finally got to the map. <laughs> And um, okay, it looks like a major connection. <laughs> a it's major not a connection. Large body of land. No, girl. Water, no, no, no. It's not. I mean, something so basic. Something so. Now I'm going to go back to the dictionary and look up continent, how it defines that as well. So just for argument's when, sake, when you know, we because there's always going to. When we were again? kids, that's what we were taught. When we were kids, we were taught there were seven continents. We accepted that. Yeah. Now go, like you said, yeah. go, look, go look at the definition of a continent. Well, that's what I'm doing because undoubtedly when someone listens, they will be so opposed to what's being said because of what's been taught. I mean, when you go to the dictionary, it says any of the world's main expanses of land. It doesn't say anything about water in the dictionary. It says, uh, and then it lists all of the continents. And then it says the mainland of Europe. It doesn't go, it doesn't say anything about, let me see what it says on the bottom of this. It doesn't say anything about the water, be a body of water. It says mass of land is what it is. Any of the world's main continuous expanses of land is, is what the definition says for a continent. So, Okay. There's an argument well, there you know about what? that water surrounding. I didn't do the work. I'm going based on what I was, what the discussion was. You know, I'm, all I know is that. But, but Leslie, let, let, let me finish. Let me finish. That being true, 
Europe is the only continent that isn't surrounded by water. Every other continent um, is surrounded by water, every single one. So that yeah, but then the question to say what you the said before. Who writes the books? Who puts the dish def- definitions in there? You mentioned that before, so right, that's probably why the missing um, word "water" is not in the dictionary's definition of continent. So, makes sense. It makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of things that. I need to focus on. And then part of that conference for me is helpful. Mm-hmm. It was helpful in the sense that I'm still at the age of 51, still trying to figure out what it is that I want to do when I grow up. And I, 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 Human resources is what I do as a profession. I don't know if this is what I want to do that makes me happy. I know that my, my I feel good when I'm of service to people. And Uh the service that I provide, I don't necessarily get to touch the people. I don't necessarily get to talk to the people in the work that I'm doing. So I got to figure out what is it that I can do in addition to, or what is it that I would do for free and get great pleasure out of. You know, the the passion that you speak with on this topic here, Sounds to me like this is where you need to be. This is where you need to talk and reach the people so the healing can be done, begun. Begin. This is it. You're, you don't. You can't hear yourself, but I can. And there is nothing but passion in your voice this evening. This topic is meant specifically for you. It, it absolutely is. It so that may be something to think about. It always has been me, but you know what? I punked out. When I was making a decision to go back to school to get my bachelor's, and I might lose you because I'm getting ready to go in the tunnel, but when I was making a decision to go back to school to get my bachelor's, I chose not to take social work to, to, to study social work because I didn't think they made any money. I said, oh, you can make money in HR. I poked out. Right, right. Well, we may have just me. lost her. Oh, no, she's there. She's there. No, I'm here. I'm here. That was me. I punked out. I should have studied social work and tried. Yeah, but it's not too late. It's not too late. You just said you're looking for something to do when you grow up. You are grown up. Do this. Figure out how you can do this, how you can speak. Maybe, as crazy as it may seem, maybe you should be blogging. Maybe you should be blogging on issues like this. You're in school. You're writing. You have to write anyway. Stop blogging so you can reach the people. And give the information that's available. Your passion is there. It's definitely there. Yeah, I met a lot, I met a lot of people in higher education, people that I want to talk to to reach out, some programs I want to bring to my college if I can. So I, I'm uh-huh. definitely starting to do the work. I'm definitely starting okay. to do the work. That would be fantastic, too, to bring these programs to your college. That, that's an excellent um, idea to... Because it has to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere on all levels, both sides, every race, somewhere. And why not you, you know? Right. And I know that I'm good at relationships. I'm a relationship person. Relationships matter to me. That's more important. How you show up, are you honest, your integrity, that's all important to me. And I can build relationships. 
You can't show up and be fake, and then tomorrow when I see you, you're a whole different person, because now you're lost. Yeah. Now I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Show that's up. Absolutely. Show up and be honest. Be yourself. Show up and be yourself, and we can we can move mountains. This was very enlightening. It's refreshing, actually. Refreshing to talk about some real stuff, you know, some real serious things where work needs to be done on a political level. Definitely refreshing. I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything else to add? No, I'm good. You know me. This conversation could go on and on if you let me. On and on <laughs> to the break of dawn. To the break of dawn. We'll if have to bring it me. back when... We'll we'll bring it back again when when Terry is with us and we have three of us and uh, we can go, you know, with another idea and thought process. I think it will be interesting. And I don't think it's something that we should ever stop talking about. We should always and constantly keep talking about how do we get rid of racism and what steps need to be taken to work at that, you know, because that's something that needs to happen. It just needs to happen. So if we don't talk, it's never going to leave. It's going to be here front, center, and present forever. And that's not good. So, but you know, we will definitely. I'm, I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna leave you with this thought because, like I said, I can keep going on. My issue is not to get rid of racism. That is not my issue. I could care less how anybody else thinks about me. My issue is to be the best Leslie I can be, so I can show up, so I can share. I can care less what other people think about me. I can care less what you even say about me. Well, my job is to work on me. I I can't fix racism. This is this is something that's way out of my control. That's too big for me to even focus on. I can focus on me. I can focus on my inner well, 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 I can focus well, on Leslie, focusing on you. I agree. I totally agree that we need to focus on ourselves. But on some level, don't you feel that if each person, not just you and your circle, but if each person focuses on themselves, those are steps towards getting rid of racism. And and it would be nice not to have to deal with racism. No, because you know what? I don't have the ability to impact what other people think, say, or do. If you're in your house, in your quiet space, in your in wherever, and you have a certain belief, you're going to stick to that belief. You're going to keep telling it to the next generation and the next. I can't impact that circle. I'm not trying to go over. So, so then um, what you were saying, so then I'm, I'm a little confused. I'm a little confused because just before you said that you, we need to come together and do the work to rise up and be the best person that we can be. So if everybody in every race is working on that, isn't that part of the problem? Is that people aren't working on being the best that they can be? It is part of the problem. I'll give you an example. And like I said, I could go on and on, but I'll make it quick. Dr. Joy was talking about a, a friend of hers, a good friend of hers, who is in a profession, social worker, white woman, and this woman is just beside herself because she can't understand how her son turned out to be a skinhead. So Dr. Joy's like, well, let's think about it. Where does he spend his time? Well, in the summers, she's packing him and the kids off to her family, to the grandparents. Oh, where do you think he's getting it from? If that's how they're talking. So, therefore, this woman who's open and is ready to 
cure the, the social ills of this world. Now she's got this son and she's got to work with him and deal with him. But he's got a different frame of reference because he learned this from grandma and grandpa. Yeah, I know that's how it happens. But that that is not what I'm what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if everybody kind of takes a step back, because you even mentioned it earlier, we even within our own race, there's things that go down. So everybody has to take a step back and work on themselves to be the best people that they can be, to try to get anywhere near removing some of the racist thoughts and racist things that go on in this world. Everybody has to work at it. It can't just be the black race. It can't. It can't just be us that we work at it. And I'm not even trying to accept it. I'm not doing all that work. I know what I what I would like to happen, but I I can't take that on as something that I need to fix, change, or do anything about. I can only fix and change me. That's it. That's all I'm concerned yeah. with. And eventually, it gets out. There's things that I do want to do and plan and get involved and help the healing of, of younger women in my generation, younger men, and it starts yeah. by having conversations. It sure does. It starts just like this, having conversations. Definitely does. All right. This is Love Talk. Love Talk for everyday people. Every Sunday we have a new episode. You never know what we're going to talk about, it, but it's always surrounded with love. You can listen to previous episodes at uh, my website, Tracy J. Hines. T-R-A-C-I-J-H-I-N-D-S dot com. And this is Tracy Hines and Leslie Lee. Good night. Good night.